Welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rose. Pack your bags because we're talking about moving out. First, let's hear from a Sac State senior and communications major, Brandy Kroll. Oh, well, it was an interesting time, that's for sure, because I didn't move out into a house or anything. I moved into my boyfriend's Jeep, and I'd say it was it was a good time, and I learned a lot of really hard life lessons from it. It was an interesting home situation going on. I was I was 18 at the time, and I, I, guess I just had to be out on my own. And then how long uh, were you living out of, you said your friend's Jeep? Yeah, it was my boyfriend at the time. Or actually, in the very beginning, he was he was just a friend. He became my boyfriend later. Funny story behind that. But he had actually been homeless for, I want to say a year, maybe a year and a half before I even moved in. So then after, after I got settled in the Jeep, it was only about six months, I think. The, the whole period, at least for me, was six months. For him, it was very closer to a year or two. And were you going to school at the time? Yes, we, we both went to Ventura College, the community college at the time. And it, it was interesting because we would go to classes during the day and then go back to the Jeep at night. And none of our professors knew or anything like that. We just, I guess we just felt like that's not something you share with a professor or kind of embarrassed about it. And then how was that like juggling like school? Did you find schoolwork more difficult or? It wasn't that bad because... I was taking, let's see, it was an English class and a photography class. The photography class was actually really fun because I could document our period outside. And I had lots of really fun photos from the time. And then for the other class, we would go to a Starbucks in the daytime. And we had laptops. And we could do our schoolwork on our laptops using Starbucks Wi-Fi. Were you working at the time too or just school? Yes, both of us at one point had jobs. He's a private piano teacher. So he was teaching lessons during the day, and I got a job at an ice cream shop, of all places. And I think it was funny because my boss never noticed that I would show up wearing the same clothes for three days in a row. I didn't smell or anything like that, but I definitely didn't have a whole lot of clothes to work through. But that's what we did during the day. And then eventually, like you said, it was only six months. So what was that like trying to find a place afterwards? Well, the issue was we were in Ventura County, and in SoCal, it is ridiculously expensive to live. That's kind of how we ended up in the Jeep to begin with, because the average going price for just a room to rent in someone's house is about $1,000. And if you want even a studio apartment, you're looking at 1400 1500 So how how is us, you know, two homeless college students supposed to get enough money for that? And so I actually had like a financial aid windfall from... I think it was from Ventura College. And with that, we finally had the money to get a room and put down a deposit on that room. And we found a really good deal on a room. It was 700 a month for this room. We're like, wow, it's too good to be true. Well, it turns out it was too good to be true. It was a scam. And the guy took our deposit and he took our money and he held it hostage. He would not give it back. So what are we supposed to do when we now have no money to move anywhere? Oh, what happened with that? Like, what did you guys do? Like, did you ever get your money back or? Well, the scammer sent me a screenshot of the wrong messages. I'm guessing he meant to screenshot my messages to him, but he accidentally screenshotted another guy that he was scamming. And so I pulled the guy's phone number and I contacted him and he's like, oh, I'm also supposed to move into that same room. We were both moving in to the same room. So 
the two of us went to the cops, and the cops finally talked to the guy, and they demanded that he give our money back. And so he came and he gave our money back only when the police talked to him. And we wanted to get him in legal trouble, but it turns out you really can't for that sort of thing. The cops didn't want to press charges or anything like that, even though this guy had been scamming who knows how many people. So we finally, we get our money back, and then we decide, no, we are not going to try Craigslist renting rooms anymore. Because that was just too much. So we decided we'd have to move somewhere that has a lower cost of living. Because you just can't live down there as a college student. So we decided to move to Auburn, which is outside of Sacramento. Much cheaper rent here. And we still couldn't afford our own place. Luckily, though, Corey had a family friend, and we rented a room from her. Of course, that was a whole other situation, but we did eventually get settled in our own room. And then now, are you still living in the room, or, or do you have your own apartment? No, we still couldn't afford our own apartment for, oh, it was like a year and a half, until she finally kicked us out for other reasons. So, in that moment, we had, I believe it was one or two weeks to get an apartment. She didn't give us any warning at all. She was like, you guys just need to be out on this certain date. And I had actually just had surgery for endometriosis. And so I've just had surgery and we need to find an apartment to live like now. And so we went back to Craigslist. (laughs) At least this time we found a company that wasn't scamming us, but they wanted a huge security deposit. They wanted $2,000. And we, I don't even think we had that money. So we had to pick up a roommate because we We can't afford that deposit on our own. We couldn't even afford rent on our own. I think security deposits is definitely one of the biggest barriers for people being able to rent because they're they're just so much. But we finally did it. We got settled in our own place. We had to pay application fees for so many different apartments. And each application fee costs 45 to $70, so that eats up your money supply too really fast. So we were really struggling for money for a long while, scraping together what we had. But we finally got this apartment, which we've lived in for the past three years now. It's actually really nice to be settled and stable and not have to worry about where we're living. And so applying for apartments, was there anything that you didn't know about applying for apartments before you did? Oh, big time. I I had no training on that, no warning on that. My mom didn't have any experience with that. Literally, we didn't. My parents didn't. We just kind of went into it blind, and it was it was a nightmare trying to figure out how it all works. Because when you go in to apply, they want an application fee, and that's per person. And we, we didn't know that until suddenly they're asking for $75 per person. And we're like, okay, well, there goes our money. So we do that, and then they want a credit check from you after you've paid the application fee. And they run our credit, and obviously we don't have any credit because we're, what, 19 years old? And so we we actually got denied for a couple apartments because we were just too young, had no rental history. That was another big one, is they always want to see rental history. How are you supposed to have rental history if no apartment will take you? So that that was our biggest challenge and the biggest surprise, too. There was so much going into it that I just didn't know. Yeah, I definitely say that the... When I first started applying for apartments, too, it was that I didn't realize you had an application fee. I was like, wait... It's not even a guarantee that I'm going to live here, but I have to pay an application fee as well as, um, like, I guess I, there was just so much like the security deposit and the rental history, which I was like, well, if this is literally my first time moving out, 
how am I supposed to have any rental history? This is my first, you should be my rental history, basically. But how's it been? Like, how have you found living in your own apartment? Like, how's that been? Oh, it's great. Mostly because we, we have all this space. Because we we moved out into the Jeep, which was, oof, we would cram in the back seat of the Jeep every night. I was like curled up around the wheel well, and I would wake up so sore every day from being curled up in this terrible position. And then when we were renting that room, there wasn't a bed in the room. It was just a couch. And so the two of us were sleeping on a couch for a year and a half. And so when we finally got our apartment, we were so excited just to have a bed. Like that, I think that was the best part of it, being able to move out and actually get a bed to sleep in. And then we have a, we have a kitchen, living room, a nice, it's actually two floors. It's a really nice apartment. We were really lucky to get this place. But the best part of it is just complete freedom and safety. You know, we have this building to protect us from the rain, the elements that we had to deal with when we were homeless. It's really nice to feel stable here. And then what would you tell any... But anyone who is looking to move out, what would you want to tell them or let them know? The biggest thing is to save up as much money as you possibly can. If you have a job in high school, save every penny. If you have a job in college, save every penny. Because those application fees and security deposits will eat up your money before you know it. And then you're going to struggle to pay rent interacting with people is something i know especially because we're living in california there's a really high cost of living for getting an apartment anywhere so you might have to pick up roommates and that's perfectly okay to have roommates but make sure those are people that you get along with make sure those are people you treat nicely because there's nothing worse than having a roommate who hates you now let's hear from our expert so my name is danielle munoz and i am the cares office case manager at sacramento state and what is your role if a student was looking to move out? How would you be able to assist them? Yeah, so the CARES office, we provide students support if they are in crisis or have a unique challenge. So sometimes we'll do some face-to-face -face with students, but also we will start to pay attention to any trends that would allow us to um, like advocate at the state level or federal level for funds. So we do um, try to provide students with a variety of different levels of support. So I guess I'll start with that and I'll say if it's like a one-on-one -on -one support, maybe a student is experiencing homelessness, uh, they were like recently displaced, we can provide some emergency funds or they have to get to a safer environment and they need to move in somewhere or they are homeless but we're able to get the move-in support. We can pay for a deposit in first month's rent. So really our office exists to help students who are are struggling and, and the housing issues are getting in the way of school. But then on the, a larger level, we also like to advocate for all students. So we know that in Sacramento, the rent is really high. Um, so maybe you were working with the mayor's office to uh, make sure that they're aware of the issues we're having with local apartment complexes, you know, with their rates, or maybe we share um, harmful practices that are happening at complexes that we keep hearing about so that maybe not every student needs emergency help, but maybe they're just trying to live in Sacramento and it's just really hard. So for example, we started a Herky roommate finder and that helps students find rooms with each other. Um, so things like that. So we kind of hit housing at two different levels, depending on what students need. So what are some options that students have? You kind of just went over them 
when they are looking to move out? Sure. They can, you know, students can live wherever is safe for them and affordable. A lot of students live at home with family. That's what works best for them. Some students that would not work well. So they're looking for apartments in Sacramento in general. If you have a car, (laughs) you might live you know, wherever you want. If you don't, our students are really looking for places like near campus. So you can live in the nat- in the greater Sacramento area. We've seen students live as far as Antelope because it's more affordable, or I would say just any outskirt, you know, cities on the outskirts um, or places. And then, like I said, students with more resources, which I think we need to address, but students with more resources can afford to live closer to campus. So students can live in apartment complexes. We have a lot around the area. And we, we have uh, apartment complexes. We have private homes that people rent to students. Students finding places with each other, like I said, Herky Roommate Finder. And students living with family. So students have a lot of options. But I say that with the caveat that I do notice students with resources tend to live closer and students who are under-resourced tend to live farther. Kind of going on that, there are a number of, I guess, problems that arise when a student first moves out and that they're unaware of. Do you help in any of that? Like, do you help with any application processes or letting students know about the fees that can occur when they're applying for an apartment? Yeah, so since we're crisis-based, those sort of like day-to-day housing challenges we can do like consults for. Um, So yes, like short answer, yes, we can help them. It wouldn't, we would maybe just walk through their resources with them. We would show them how to prepare for like the landlord, you know, interacting with their landlord and things like that. I think students do come to us because when they've, well, because I believe all of our students are super capable. They can usually find housing on their own and And that's hard though. I mean, that's hard enough again because of prices and things like that. But there are students who've never lived on their own. So they don't even know what to look for and they are more likely to be scammed, right? Especially if they're using a platform that doesn't really put a lot of time into vetting the the posts, you know, people get scammed a lot of times. So in those situations, we're absolutely happy to help a student who's had some sort of trauma in, in terms of, gosh, last time I tried to find housing, it was awful. Or especially students who just can't seem to find housing because they, they're having issues with roommates. You know, and they a lot of our students come to us asking for housing because of some prior attempt to get housing. It just didn't go well. So we do absolutely, in that case, walk them through what they need to do, what they can do, their options. Uh, we'll look at listings with them and we'll just walk through and say, this one looks like a scam. This one doesn't. You know, how? what do you think about these options? Um, and then we let the student choose because oftentimes I'll find like two or three listings that are great. I think they're great. Um, a student is like, maybe, I don't know yet. Let me think about it. So what we'll do is just help them and facilitate. And then we really give it back to the student. And we'll say, now you get to decide what you're most comfortable with because they're the ones that are going to have to live there. And so we just want to make sure that they are comfortable. So those are sort of the things that we'll do with our students. Most are usually able to find housing, but we'll work with the ones who've had like a really hard time or or traumatic experience with finding housing. I'm, I'm thinking more on the lines of a lot of times when people apply for scholarships, rent is one of those things that they don't often take into account. Are there any sites or scholarships that kind of help facilitate more of the expenses like living situation, rent, maybe school supplies? 
Yeah, you know what? If you fill out the FAFSA, um, you will get a financial aid package that includes your off-campus or on-campus budget. So every student gets a different FAFSA package and depending on where you are living is how much money you get. So part of that refund that you get every semester, which is for some students between like two and $6,000, that is federal money for housing. So we actually work really closely with financial wellness to help students to learn to be, you know, budget savvy, financially literate, and to understand the reasons of that FAFSA money and how they should be leveraging it. And then on the larger level, we're working with the city to advocate that landlords accept FAFSA packages as income, because that is your income and that is that, that federal government is giving you money for housing. So sometimes landlords won't take that. They wanna see somebody working or making three times the rent. And so that's like, like I was saying, we'll hear from students and then we'll do some larger level advocacy. So that's one really good example is you actually have your FAFSA money to help pay for housing, but do the landlords take it? Not all of them do and that's unfair. That's a really great uh, point. I wasn't aware of that. Um, you had said that earlier that you start to notice trends. Have you seen an increase in students looking for housing or an increase in housing instability? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think Sacramento rent has risen over 8% in the last couple of years, which is really high, it's really fast. Um, and we have about 12% of our students on campus that report um, housing insecurity. So that could be sleeping in the car, or couch surfing with friends, um, living in a storage unit, sometimes we'll see that. So a lot of challenges, it's like students get their FAFSA A, like I was telling you, um, but sometimes like landlords simply won't take that, even though that's enough to pay their rent for the whole semester, you know, um, or students don't have a co-signer, you know, so even if they did have enough money, they need like a co-signer of some kind, or there's just like all these little yeah barriers. And so as we're meeting with students, we're paying attention. We are hearing them. What I don't want is that students get help from us only because they come to us. I want to help students when they don't even have to come to us, you know? Like, let's just help all students understand how to advocate for themselves with their landlords, or let's help all students with advocating that the city pay more attention to affordable housing, you know, for all people. So that, I think those are some of the ways that we can help. I think that's a, a really good point is that a lot of students don't know um, their rights as tenants. <laughs> um, uh, it's a bigger issue or... Um, they don't know about having to have history and I think that's another thing that's really common for students experiencing moving out for the first time is they don't have any history. What is some of your main advice for students who are looking to move out? Sure, um, it's going to be rough because it, especially if it's your first time ever looking, it can feel very scary. I know it was for me when I was a college student and just try to trust yourself that you know what you're looking for is something safe and affordable and then near school and of course I don't want folks to get something near school, but it's not affordable, and then they end up facing an eviction or something, right? Or they, it is affordable, but it's not safe, and then they are coming in because they need to find another place anyway. So really trying to find that right balance of safe, affordable, close to where you want to be. So don't, yeah, don't compromise any of those like important factors because those are the kinds of things that do end up creating housing crises if it's if you let go of one of those. So really focus on that safety. If it's not safe, don't do it. Focus on affordability. If it's not affordable, come talk to us and then focus on close to campus. And if it's not close, 
you know, and you do need to figure out transportation needs if you have to live farther, then we can look at your FAFSA package or emergency grants to see how we can help. That's what I recommend. And then also, yeah, trying to find a co-signer early. That person is just there to help with the application. It's, unfor it's an unfortunate reality that people would have to have that. And then I think also budget. I what I believe is students may not have had budget conversations in their family systems before coming to college, so they don't know. Um, or students' families may have never seen this amount of money. When students get between two and 6000 in their refund, they've, they've never seen that amount before. So it's really easy to spend it based on your feelings or what. Um, so just being graceful to yourself and patient and reaching out to us if you do need help like, oh my gosh, I have all this money. I don't know how to make it last five months. And I, I always say, you know, if they were to give um, us our entire semester paycheck at the beginning, it would be hard for staff, I think, to manage their one-time paycheck a semester. So, right, and we all have degrees and, and have been, you know, managing our money for a long time. So our students, can you imagine, who've never done this before, that's the situation they're in. We're going to just give you everything up front and you're supposed to learn how to make it last five months. Like that's a recipe for disaster, right? But at the end of the day, we just want you to focus just on school. You should not have to worry about, you know, housing. And yet it is so expensive here that I think even when students are doing their best, they're going to run into affordability issues just because of the rent market that we're in. And I always tell students, it is not you. Because students do come to us, they feel so defeated. They're like, I've been trying to find housing and I just cannot find something in our, my budget. And oftentimes students internalize that and they think it's something to do with them. And I have to like unpack that with them. And it's not you, it's the city that we're living in. It's just that you're you're up against a, a rental market that's really complicated right now. So we just really assure students that you are doing the right thing. You know, you can't really go wrong if you're at least trying to find something safe, affordable, and close to your school. And I think that it's going to continue to be difficult. On, to be realistic with you, it's going to continue to be difficult. And, and we will continue to be here. For someone like you just said who's facing like a homelessness crisis, how fast normally can you help someone get into a safe environment? Yeah, definitely. So emergency housing, we can book same day if it's before 12 and then the next day if it's, you know, after that. So it's very fast to get into emergency housing. Uh, we have another program called rapid rehousing. So if you're experiencing homelessness, um, we do have housing that you can rent a room from us for $500, utilities included. You know, we have a, an inventory of housing ourselves at Sac State just for students who are homeless. And then you get to stay with us for about nine months. It comes with case management services. So you are assigned a case manager from a community program and they help you get your budget in order. Or if you have a criminal record, they can help expunge it or help with employment resources, counseling, mental health. So it sort of like helps you rehabilitate your whole situation. So not just the roof over your head, but that holistic support. And then every month when they pay $500, we are saving 200 for them. When they move out of our program after nine months, we give that back. So they are walking away with that 1800 to purchase, or I'm sorry, to you know get into a lease in their next place, which is I think what you bring up is what happens when students are trying to find housing in this area and it's still going to be the same thing like housing is going to be really expensive but they are no longer having to manage their personal crises 
and rental market stuff, right? They can just focus on getting that housing now because they're stable. And then one of my final questions is, what is something that you wish you had known before you moved out for the first time? I think budget. I think learning how to budget and making your money last and finding those areas where you could be overspending and dialing it back or using resources like a food pantry or CalFresh, which can give you up to, you know, CalFresh gives you up to $216 a month. The food pantry, if you go weekly, you might get $30 to $40 worth of food. So, you know, leveraging resources and being smart about it. Um, and we offer it at Sac State. We do offer a pantry and CalFresh that can offset costs. So I guess I just always thought I would have to do it all by myself and, and try to figure this out with only this one resource of money and, and not look to other people, you know. And I think that's changed now. I think you actually can look to your university to help you figure out your budget as you're moving out. But it's a hard time to move. I will want I do want to validate that for students. It's not you. It is definitely, you know, the rent market that we're in. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Talk with Rose. If you have a topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out to the State Hornet on Instagram or Twitter or in the comments down below. And stay tuned next time for more.